and welcome to the From Her Travel Show. I'm so excited to be doing this new show from this new app, Colin. Uh, and I hope you'll take uh, some advice from the name of the app and do call in because uh, we want to talk to you. This is a social app. I'm hoping this will be a, a social 40 minutes or so. So don't be shy. Uh, come and come and uh, join the conversation. And it will be a conversation because my colleague, Jason Cochran, is on the line. He is the author of Fromer's Easy Guide to Disney World, Universal, and Orlando. And welcome to this very first edition of... Uh, this wonderful new new version of the show. Thanks. You know, it's funny hearing I'm on the line. It's like those expressions like uh, don't don't turn that dial that that we don't use much <laughs> anymore. Do you say I'm on the line when we're talking via an app? We maybe need some new words, new ways of expressing what we're doing. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Um, so we're here for this next period of time to discuss Disney World. When was the last time you were in Disney World, and why does it suddenly sound like you're underwater? I don't know. I'm not underwater. So. <laughs> it's like Maybe you're I'm on a... Thinking about being on Splash Mountain, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, we, we also were... talk about Disneyland, too, because I know people love the Disney parks. They love talking about them, and there's a lot to talk about right now, especially. They're really changing uh, you know, after the pandemic, during the pandemic, they started shifting so many of the things uh, that they do on a day-to-day basis. And now you navigate the parks. And uh, and I'd love to hear, especially from people who have an opinion about the Disney parks, what's happening in them right now, how to navigate them better right now. I think all of that, uh, I don't want to be the only one talking. I'm sure someone has something to say about the topic. Right. Absolutely. But let's start with you talking. So when were you last uh, at a Disney park? Uh, last week, <laughs> I, was, I was in Walt Disney World last week, and I'll be at Disneyland uh, in California on this Saturday. So wow! It was very, it was very recently. I went down um, to Florida to check out a few things. We'll talk about them. One of them was a brand new hotel that's opened up on property in between the famous Swan and Dolphin hotels. I've all so I went and checked that out. Wrote an article for uh, Fromers dot com, our website about that with lots of photos. We can talk about that. Um, I also checked out the new Cirque du Soleil sure. show that uh, opened when I was in Florida two weeks ago called Drawn to Life. And this is something you know, Cirque du Soleil has had a show at Disney World. Well, almost twenty years. It, it ran for I think seventeen or eighteen, nineteen years. And uh, it, it ended in the late in late 2017, but it wasn't a Disney show. It was another Cirque du Soleil show, just less sexy, you know, less about the human huh. body and uh-huh. the leotards. <laughs> and now they have a new <laughs> one that is themed to Disney animation that is open. And I thought it was they did such a good job. It was the it was a light touch. I was worried that we were going to go see this Cirque du Soleil show where they just turn on "Can You Feel the Love Tonight?" and we watch people tumble around dressed in lion costumes. That's not what happened. Right. It's really sweet. It's a, they, they framed it. And I think the pandemic really shaped the way they decided to do the final show. They framed it around a little girl who's lost her father. They don't explain how. He's just not there anymore. But he's left her something. He's left her huh. a drawing of himself. He was an animator. And she loves to animate, too, like her dad did. But she's not that good at it. And so they use the show and the acrobats and all the amazing things that Cirque does to sort of illustrate the principles of in animation that built the entire Disney empire. And so when she, she learns through, for example, tumblers, how to do 
that stop motion frame by frame, just adjust a little bit more until it looks like the character is moving. And the whole show sort of builds out her talent, this little girl's talent. And by the end, she's a talented animator and uh, she feels more connected with her long lost father. It's kind of a beautiful thing, I thought. Hmm. Wow. I, you know, I got to say, I'm really thrilled that it was a Cirque show because at some point in the pandemic, Cirque had to file for bankruptcy and it was, it was unclear whether there would be Cirque du Soleil going forward. So they're back. That's right. And at the opening night, which was uh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago tonight, John Stamos got up, who is not in Cirque du Soleil, but he is eternally (laughs) young, like Cirque du Soleil. Right. And he did a little introduction. And then the, uh, the, I think the head of Cirque got up and he said, here's our show. We've been working so hard. You know, a lot of these people were just recently able to get into the U.S. And he said, mm-hmm. the intermission is over. And that is the phrase that Cirque has been using because it was purchased by some creditors and uh, they're running it now. And uh, for oh. a while it looked like that the intermission was going to be forever and they're, they're coming back to life. And that's their phrase. I think we could all adopt that phrase. The intermission for travel is over too. Uh, a lot of us are getting on a little bit more than we used to be. So it was, it was a great, it was a great night to see the show. Well, you say a lot of us are getting out a lot more than we used to be. How crowded was Disney World? Were a lot of people uh, there? Disney World is as packed as you can imagine. It's it's uh, it's as if you wouldn't. If I dropped you down, you know, three a time machine from the past from 2017 and dropped you into Disney World three weeks ago. And I said, uh, can you tell there's a pandemic? You wouldn't be able to tell. It, it was busy. Huh. Yeah. It, though, and when you're indoors in Disney World, you have to wear a mask. Uh, so if you're on a ride or something like that, if you were watching Cirque du Soleil, um, that is right. not what Florida's policy is, but it is what Disney is doing. So that's the way it is now. But that's the only difference. It would, uh, also, everyone's hunched over their phones because so many people now are using their phones. We can talk about that. Uh, well, let's yeah, let's let's talk about how the phone and uh, <laughs> for some reason, every once in a while, it sounds like you're underwater. It's very strange. But anyway, uh, so the phone has kind of taken over the Disney experience. You've written for us on Fromers.com because nowadays there's no longer fast pass. It's been replaced by something called Genie. Tell us what that means. And and I know that you went to test it out with your mother, who is not, I, I don't want to diss her, but she's not necessarily the most technologically savvy person. Well, actually she is. Oh, okay. She's a computer, I have an article coming out this either later this week or early next week on Fromers.com about can a computer literate great-grandmother figure out this new system that Disney has everyone using? It's called the system on your phone. It's within the Disney World app. It's called Genie. And if you uh, pay a few $15 a day, it's called Genie Plus. If you just use Genie without the $15, mm-hmm. it'll suggest, oh, you can go and get in line for that. You can go get in line for that. It'll give you an itinerary. Not always things you want to do. But when you, when you start Genie, it says, what do you like? And you go, I like princesses. I like Pirates of the Caribbean. And it tries to sort of work those into your day some, somehow. You can take the uh, recommendations or not. Now, if you upgrade to Genie Plus for $15 a day, then that's where you get what used to be FastPass. FastPass, as I think probably everybody huh. knows, was that you get a kind of a, it was a, basically an appointment to ride the ride and wait in the short line for it. And that was big in Disney World for 20 years. Well, they got rid of that because it was free for everybody and they wanted mm. to monetize it. Now you right. have to pay this $15 a day and it, you have to get it through Genie Plus, and it's called Lightning Lane. So you don't look for Fast Pass on the side of the ride. You look for Lightning Lane, right? But only okay. some, and this is where it gets super complicated, only some of the rides, most of the rides, are on Genie Plus's Lightning Lane. And when you open Genie Plus, you'll have a 
with a wait time at the moment for a ride and you'll see, but if you want to do a lightning lane, you can have it at say three o'clock. And if you say, yeah, I'd like to do that at three o'clock and you hit three, you then have to wait until you check in for that ride until you can schedule another lightning lane. So, it, uh, you know, oh. yeah, so it can be very problematic. If you start first thing in the morning and you go ride after ride after ride after ride, it's great. If you show up at noon or one and you start planning your, your lightning lanes, you're not going to get much in and not your $15 worth are probably not going to, it's not going to come back to you. So for the average visitor to Disney, who's not right there when it opens, it's, it's less useful. You see if you could pay and not and, uh, and not get very much because you've shown up too late to to really game the system. Well, here's the question: How do you know when you have to use Lightning Lane? Do they tell you how long the ride the line will be for the ride, or because you only get a certain amount, right? So you want to you have to strategize right. one at a time. Yeah. yeah, you do, and you don't. You know, they'll guess. There's a, there's something within the the same app that will guess projection of what the wait times will be all day long doesn't mean that's going to hold. There have been a number of Disney vloggers who are actually tracking um, on YouTube what the weights are post, posted versus reality. And there was a vlogger, his name is Kyle Palo, about three days ago, went to the Frozen ride at Epcot, and it had a posted 70-minute wait. He said, okay, let's see if mm-hmm. that's true. He got on, he waited 30 minutes. Why is this hmm. significant? That sounds, oh, great, the wait's shorter than you think. The problem is is every park has two rides where the lightning lane is not included in Genie Plus. You have to pay extra for it. And one Ooh. of the rides that you had to pay extra for was the ride he tested. So there huh. will be people who look and see it was the Frozen ride, uh, Frozen Ever After. They look on their, their Disney World app and they see, oh, it's a 70-minute wait. I might as well pay $8 per person to join the lightning lane because that's the option in that case. But in fact, they would have only waited 30 minutes. So Disney was not accurate about the wait time. It, it made it seem much hmm. worse than it was, which I think is very problematic because they're telling people you're going to have to wait 70 minutes unless you buy this. And it wasn't true. That's a big concern. And you're, and you're buying this on top of what you've paid for the Genie Plus yeah. Oh, yeah. and to get onto the park. So for a family of four, that could mean a day at Disney World could Bad. cost 500 or $600, right? Absolutely. There, you don't have to have Genie Plus in order to buy an individual Lightning Lane, but most people who want to ride everything will buy both of those things. Because um, there's the Genie Plus Lightning Lane, which is included in the 15, and there's the individual Lightning Lane, which costs extra, which is what we're talking about. Um, and, uh, and there's some other wrinkles to it, like uh, if you're staying in a Disney-run hotel, you can start buying your individual Lightning Lane reservations at 7 in the morning. But if you're not staying in a Disney hotel, you can start pretty much when the park opens. And within that two or three hour span, you could, they can sell out. Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is the biggest ride at Walt Disney World and Disneyland right now. And um, that will, in many days, even a day that's not particularly busy, all of the paid short line tickets will be sold out by the time the park opens. So your regular guest who hasn't decided Ooh. to spend extra for a Disney hotel has to wait in the average standby line, the one that's not fast. Now, we're, we can, that's one thing very important to say about all of these complicated things we're talking about. First of all, it's very confusing. But you can always just wait in the regular line, which is called standby. Huh. But, you know, when you wait for the standby line and a lot of other people have paid to get in the fast line, when they show up, they're going to get on before you do because they've paid. So the more people buy paid tickets to get into each ride line, the more people will have to wait in the standby line. But that's just so, 
Theor- crowd management. Theoretically, if you're yeah. standing in the regular line, say you get on it, the stand, stand oh, it's called the standby line. Ooh, oh, that's so yeah, ugly. Line. So it's theoretically, say you get on that line at 4 p.m. Is it possible that you could not get off that line and never get onto the ride? Uh, if you get on that line too late in the day and the park just closes and you've spent two hours waiting. No, they will not throw you out of a line once you're in it. The only way that could happen is if the ride broke down for some reason. Okay. They would. So it's once you're in a line at Disney World, they'll let you stick around. That's true also at closing time. If it's 10 o'clock and it's supposed to close at 10 o'clock and you got on the line at 945, you can stay until the ride's done, which is a great thing because you can kind of get an extra hour out of Disney if you know what you're doing. <laughs> but it doesn't wow. happen that way. Usually crowds dwindle. It's very rare, uh, except in the mega, mega case of like these ma- massive rides that you'll have a massive line. But there could be a case where somebody who came to Disney just to try this Rise of the Resistance ride gets to the line at, say, 945 or, or maybe not that late, but whenever it is, and is turned away from the line, right? Because they're told, no, too many people are ahead of you and you're not going to be able to do this ride. Is that correct? Well, I've never seen anyone turned away from a standby line, but I have seen people turned away from Rise of the Resistance in other ways. For example, they used to let people on only by lottery, and that was huh. every morning at 7, and, or, and again, there was another one around lunchtime. And if you didn't get either of those lotteries, you were shut out. I, I've had it happen to me. I've seen families in tears in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge because they'd flown for forever, <laughs> and they couldn't get on. Granted, the majority of people were able to get on, but there were still a, lot, a number of people who could not. That lottery system is done. Now the people cannot buy lightning lane passes once they've sold out, which happens very early in the morning for that ride especially. Um, so it is possible to be shut out, but if they let you on the line, I've never seen anyone be turned away from a line um, as long as the line is open, you know, and as long, long as the ride is not broken down. So I guess that family from Ohio could theoretically just wait in that line even if they joined it at 9 o'clock. What's the longest somebody would wait in a line for, for a very popular ride like the Rise of the Resistance if they don't get Well, when rides are first out, like or brand new, or right here after the pandemic, people are hungry for them again. I have seen Rise of the Resistance go as high as four hours, but that's unusual. Ooh. Usually it's more like two to three. And I've seen it in like 90 minutes, one hour on, later in the day. A lot of people go straight there first thing when they get in the park and lines stay busy until the evening. They start to dwindle a bit. So that is it worth unusual. it? I, was, I think it's frankly the most incredible theme park ride ever created. So I think it's, <laughs> so it's worth the two hour wait. But when the Avatar uh, Flight of Passage ride opened in 2017, there were six hour waits occasionally. They've solved a lot of those issues and people aren't as excited about it now, although they still love it. It's not as crowded. So lines are not maybe they're probably a third of that at this point. But that's so why I got, you buy an extra I got ticket a- to get on it fast. I got to ask you, what's so great about Rise of the Resistance? What makes it like the best ride you've ever been on? It is, and I don't like talking too much about it because you don't want to spoil it. And I won't spoil it for anybody listening. But I'll just say it's, it's there are a lot of stages to it, a lot of different uh, ways of going through the attraction that aren't just about the ride. There's, well, there's some fascinating walking parts. Um, all told, from getting in the building to leaving, it could take 20 minutes, 25 minutes, depending on how how things go that's a long time to spend within the attraction that's not even the part that that's the line uh so there's so much going on and there's so much obviously technological advances and details uh it's one of those one of the things that disney is so good at 
is making an attraction that you want to rewrite because there's so much to catch. Marty Sklar was a famous huh. engineer who passed away a few years ago, and he used to talk about how Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, the famous boat ride, he wanted it to be like a cocktail party. He didn't want you to be able to catch everything that first time you rode. He wanted you to catch a snippet of conversation here and a snippet of a song there so that when you go back through again, you catch different things. You see it a different way. Uh, Haunted Mansion is the same hmm. way. So they're very busy in the best way. Uh, but that Rise of the Resistance fits that because there's so much going on. It's, it's a world unto itself. Um, and it's, uh, but, it, but it is a very complicated technologically advanced ride that has issues. It's, I think there are issues right. when you cannot accommodate everyone who was in the park that day. They've sold tickets to everyone in the park and they can't get everyone on. That's an issue. And I hope they're able to solve those, especially since now they're daring to charge people to ride, to get in the fast lane. And they're still not able to accommodate everybody because of breakdowns. I mean, that's to me, it seems a little early to start charging people if others, if, if other customers are going to get shut out in other ways. But that's just me. Right. Uh, Interesting. If, if there, I'm sure there's someone who's ridden Rise of the Resistance who might want to say something about it or have a question about it. <laughs> well, yeah, if anybody in this room wants to ask a question or, or share their Disney experiences, we'd love to have you. Uh, but before that, or even not before that, if you if you want to come on, come on. But I got to ask, Jason, how did your mother do? Did she get confused? <laughs> We're going to run this article on Fromers.com uh, probably late this week, early next. About so I stood, I was, I resisted every bone in my body to grab the phone and show her how to work it. But I wanted to see how is someone in her seventies able to figure this out? And she has an external drive at home, and she knows how to work her, her phone and her work computer. She's not a dummy, um, but she couldn't figure it out. Right, it, Disney system is a mess. It, she she didn't. Un, first of all, she couldn't get over. She couldn't understand what Genie was and how that was different from Lightning Lane. <laughs> and it doesn't, uh -huh. they don't explain it very clearly. And she thought the minute she bought Genie, she could just walk on all the rides. And I, she, they don't quite explain you have to select times and you can't do anything until the next one. There's so many words on the screen. And then she tried signing in the app and the app isn't that good. So it sends you to the Disney website where she had to sign in there. And then they, she couldn't get in and they, wa they wanted a, to send her a security code to make sure it was her. And that went to an email she couldn't find. And by the time she got back, she couldn't figure oh my out goodness. where she was to begin with, whether it was the app or the browser. It was just, it kept going on like this. And then her credit card had expired. <laughs> so <laughs> the one that was in the system. So they wanted a new one of those. And so we, sit, we sat on Main Street USA for about 40 minutes uh, arguing with the oh app my goodness. and ended up giving up. Huh. Just forgot it. And eventually, it was by that time it was probably eleven thirty or noon. She's like, I don't want to ride any of this anyway. And she said, Let's go. Oh. And we went shopping instead, which is maybe what they want because we decided to go shopping instead of getting in lines. So it's probably going to please the shareholders. Well, I see that we have somebody who wants to uh, uh, talk. So let's Excellent. let's uh, bring in. I'm hoping I'm bringing in Jennifer. Jennifer, this is our first caller. So if we hit the wrong button, we're so sorry. We're, we'll get you if, if we lose you. Uh, do I have to, let me just see. I'm sorry. Uh, invite to speak. Okay. Oh. I just invited you to there speak, Jennifer. Okay. Hi. Can you hear me? Hi, yes. We sure Hi. Can. I'm loving this show. Thank you for the topic today. Thank you. Oh, great. So my question is, um, is there like an Apple genius bar for people to go to to help them figure out this this genie system because it you know i have <laughs> older parents as well and i think they really struggled with it last time they went yeah there is not one central location 
There are people, though, staffed that, that kind of bounce around. I think they're in maybe in purple shirts, I think they might be. So they do have people who are set aside to help. And you can ask a cast member, which is, if you don't know, it's what a Disney, Disney calls an employee. You can ask a cast member, and they'll know where you can find them. So there are people around, and they know how to navigate it, and they can get around some of the problems. You don't want to do it, though, because there's often a wait for them, which is a problem. Also, I've noticed that, that if you happen to have bought a lightning lane, and then the ride breaks down that day and you can't get on it, which happens to rise of the resistance sometimes. There are, right now, refunds aren't automatic. You have to go seek out help from somebody to get that refund. Um, yeah, so you will need oh, to man. speak to a cast member when you have problems. And sometimes that will involve waiting in line at guest relations or something like that. Uh, but, but yeah, they have taken care of it, but there's no central location as of yet. Jason, are there enough cast members around? Because I know they let go of a lot of people at the height of the pandemic. Yeah, well, a lot of the people they've let go, they've, they've sort of figured out we can close this store, we can keep this restaurant's uh, capacity at a certain level, and everything sort of feels normal, even though it's operating at a lower capacity, for the most part. Um, so there are enough cast members. A lot of them are more interested in crowd control, because it's a very um, key role of a cast member at Disney. The trick is when it comes to something like Disney Plus is finding the right place to go. Um, and all, usually all it takes is you have to ask one or two people and they'll point you. Sometimes there's a little kiosk with an umbrella and they'll point you over to that person and they can help you. I, had, I haven't had a hard time finding someone who can help me when um, help is needed. Okay, great to know. Yeah, Thank you thanks, so much. Jennifer. Sure. So I know you just talked about uh, that there are operating at a lower capacity, maybe at restaurants, but you also talked about how big the crowds are. Does that mean it's hard to get a bite to eat sometimes? That has been a huge problem at Disney World and Disneyland for a while. Um, in Disney World, before the pandemic, there was something called the Disney Dining Plan, and it might come back, but we haven't had word on that yet. Basically, that was a bonus package that when you stayed at a Disney hotel, you could also select one of the packages that would pay for all your meals. Many of the dining packages have uh, one of your meals each day has to be at a waiter service, sit down table, table service restaurant. And that ended up filling all of the table service restaurants because people would make tons of reservations so that they'd have their Disney dining plan obligations checked out every single day. And after the pandemic, that hasn't come back back yet. Partly I think because there's not enough staff because the uh, restaurants are not operating at full capacity. And um, it is really, really difficult to get a restaurant reservation at the best places to eat. They fill up, I think, a month or two. I forget when the advance uh, purchase is. I could look it up. But um, when you're able to make a reservation, it's like a month or so ahead of your, your day to Disney. And uh, they fill up right away. But the, huh. the, 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 so the problem is, you know, if you, you have to, if you can't get a restaurant reservation, you have to eat at what's called quick service, which are the cafes. You just walk up and you order something. Um, they, those require no reservation. But what those now they want you to do with those places is use your phone again to mobile order. Where you get on your phone hmm. in the app, you select a time you'd like to eat. And if you're hungry, it may not be available right now. You might have to wait uh, an hour or so. When, then you select your time and you place your order on right there on the phone. And then when you, the time has come, it says, you can tell it, hey, I'm near this restaurant. I'd like to pick up my order. And then you wait again. <laughs> for it to say, okay, your order's ready. And then you go to the counter and they finally pick it up. And I have found mobile order has not been smooth. I've waited hmm. 40 minutes to buy, to, oh. from the time I uh, I say I'm here 
to the time I picked up food at, at uh, Fantasyland two weeks ago. Right. I waited 30 minutes in Adventureland at Disneyland a month ago. It's not always smooth. And so dining has become a real thorn. Uh, and I think mm. they've got some solutions that they, they need to make with the, the way the systems work. Possibly because, you know, they're trying to force everyone to mobile ordering. Although there's usually one window where you can stand in line if you like. Um, mobile ordering lately has not been saving me any time off of huh. if I just stand, stood and waited in that line. If the well, restaurant's just... not very busy, yes, you can do it quickly. But for the, more, right. some of the more popular ones, it doesn't save you any time. Yeah. You just brought up Disneyland. How is it different than Disney World? It's also coming out of this pandemic, obviously. Is it is right. it dealing with things any any more uh, smoothly or no. not really? No. Mm. Not terribly. They don't have Genie yet. They are going to be getting it in, in, in a date unannounced, like in probably a couple months. But they will have – so they will have uh, that soon. But they've had something called MaxPass, which operates in the past, which operated similarly to Genie. So I don't think the California regulars are going to be as confused by the way Genie works. Um, But they have the same issues with reservations at restaurants. They have the same issues with mobile ordering. The difference between Disney World and Disneyland basically is Disney World are people who might fly in or make a special long-distance trip once every two or three years to do their Disney Disneyland is very much about locals, people who might go huh. for the afternoon or, you know, who might go a couple times a year or use an annual pass. So their expectations are different. They're like, Ugh, so we don't ride Haunted Mansion this time. OK, we'll do it next time. But the people who go to Disney World are much more focused on the experience that they expected to receive, which creates a higher uh, satisfaction, of course, when they get it, but a higher dissatisfaction when things go wrong. Hmm. And what about uh, I have a friend who is. Uh, going to Disneyland, but from Northern California. She lives in Northern California. She wants to take her kid. And she was asking me, and I'm hoping you can answer this, is there enough to do for more than a day? I think the child is about 10 or 11. Yeah, for sure. Disneyland is the original 1955 park. Disney California Adventure is the one built, uh, opened in 2001 and changed a lot. So there are two parks the original Disneyland has, an, has as many rides, essentially, if you counted them up, has about as many rides in that one park as the four major Disney parks do in Florida. People are always shocked when I say that. Wow. The math, they're very close. The numbers may not be precise, but it's similar because they're so packed in Disneyland in California, these little rides, um, that there's plenty to do between the two parks over, over two days. The, the, for me, the key is getting what they call in Disney World and Disneyland a park hopper. And that allows you after lunchtime uh-huh. to go back and forth between the parks as much as you want. Um, and so you can sort of fill your time much more easily that way rather than waiting for one after another, you know. So, yeah, there's plenty to do. There's enough rides. There's far more rides in Disneyland than there are in California Adventure. But there's, there's lots to do. That's so That is surprising. I never would have guessed that. So what is your overall advice to folks i mean we got into the weeds here but you know you you say in the book and you say it beautifully uh something about the fact that disney is the happiest place on earth because people go there expecting to be happy and i think most visitors are i mean you know they've they've planned they've saved they're there with their families they know they're making their kids happy but what is something they could do to, to, to elevate the experience? Like what's a general piece? I think for number one, I think problem that people have now with Disney is over planning. 
It's one reason huh. we've, we have our book. It's one reason our book has won awards is because we simplify it very, very, it's a much more cleanly delivered, not weighed down like the tax code. So right. <laughs> to, make, to make your Disney adventure more fun, don't overplan, which means don't use Genie. Try not to use the phone very much. Just get in mm. the standby lines. Just say, over there is what I want to do next. Where you get bogged down is when you start to panic about, oh, no, I'm waiting longer than I have to, or we got to get to that ride way before the line, the waiting time jumps up, or, you know, that's when you start to get stressed out. The point is to have fun. Um, there are a lot of people who really have, Disney, unfortunately, because there's so many systems, has encouraged people to get really deep into the weeds and to try to game the system. Right. And what's the best way? And there's lots of books on the market, like, it's the best way to get, you know, go to this and then go to that. And what's my military plan for the day? That's not fun, ultimately. I think we've all, we're all so stressed out about obligations and, and systems not working that it just yeah. adds to the, the misery of the last two years when you show up at Disney and the systems don't work. So don't rely on them. Just go and have a good time. Does you know, it stay away add, from GD Plus. Right. Does it add to the stress or remove the stress if you stay at a Disney property? I think it, it shifts the stress because, you know, <laughs> if you're staying at a Disney property be, so that you can get your lightning lane reservations earlier than start your Genie Plus reservations earlier, well, then now you've just got to get up at seven every single morning and start, you know, programming your app. Is that relaxing hmm. to you? Only, you? only people know the answer. I think younger people are more are open to it. They're like, ah, but you can for everything. I'm fine with that. Older people, but older people with kids are like, I'm not, it's not so great because my kid's hungry right now. I'm not going to know when the kid's going to start screaming for food. So I can't tell you when I want to eat my lunch yet. But if you're staying at a Disney world resort, you can get out of the parks more easily, right? And go to the pool and take just a couple of hours of splashing around before you go back to the theme park madness. Or am I wrong? Well, Disney hotels are about a third to 40% more expensive than a similarly styled hotel right outside the park gates or the resort gates or the property. So it's basically you're paying 40% more to save two miles of driving, three miles of driving. Huh. You know, if you're staying at one of the hotels that is exactly next to the park, they charge you accordingly. It's $600, $800, $900 a night. And if that's not a problem to you, then yes, that's terrific to be able to run out the side of the theme park and put your kid into the pool. I don't think that's how most people experience Disney or, or can afford to experience Disney, which is, of course, why we have our book. Right. Well, what about the cheap places at Disney? What about the, the, the value resorts? They're about four miles, five miles from Magic Kingdom, for example. Some of them are half closed during the pandemic, but they're coming back. And yes, you could take a Disney bus or drive yourself to those, but you could spend just as much time driving to a cheaper but similar hotel right outside resort property. So is there a specific advantage to being closer not in the value resorts cases, I think. The exception, I would think, is Pop Century, uh, which is one of the newer, quote-unquote, value resorts. And that is on the Skyliner, which is the new gondola. Like, it looks like a ski gondola on, on wire system that does connect uh-huh. to Scott. And that is really a lot of fun for kids to ride. Um, but not every Disney value resort, I think, delivers that same convenient feeling that, that Pop Century does. Now, what about... Uh, so we're... T- what about uh, the fact that I, I keep getting distracted by the sound of the water rushing? It's very strange. I, anyway. It's hilarious how you keep picturing water. And by the way, if anyone has any questions, that's what call-in is for. Right? So raise that hand. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what is a ride 
or an attraction that people miss but shouldn't, that really is a lot of fun that people just never think of going to? Well, that's sweet. I mean, I have to go back to some of the older ones, of course, the ones that have are not as hot. One of the things that my mother and I, when we went two weeks ago, did when we didn't succeed at getting Genie Plus was we got on the riverboat, which is a day one attraction from 1971. And we just plied. It's a, it's a beautiful steamship. I mean, that, that actually runs on steam, but on a rail underwater. Um, that just goes around the rivers of America on the West. I know it's, it's been a long time since I've ridden that, probably since I was a little kid in Disney World. And right. it's very relaxing and very retro and not crowded. And it was uh, calming. It was uh, like old Disney World was back, you know, before you had to do all this stuff. It's like the Riverboat yeah. is a big favorite, I have to say. I love It's a Small World. I think that's that's yes. just a beautiful ride. And there's never much of a line. So, Or am I wrong? Is there a line? You're the one who would know. There can be quite a, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes on all the times. One of the things that's happened after the app came in is it spread out crowds. So the ones that used to be walk-ons or 10 minutes now, because they're all included in this giant speedy system, they're shuffling people to them all day long. So you don't necessarily have a short or, or, or a no wait for them like you used to five or yeah. six years ago. Have they brought back all of the shows yet? No. Uh. They're still working on it. Piece by piece, they're starting to come back. Um, piece by piece, they're bringing some of the street entertainers back. I don't know. I don't know all of them are ever going to come back because when huh. Disney finds savings, uh, it, it likes to keep them. But uh-huh. some of them are coming back. I mean, all of the, the name of all of this is for them to maximize money because if they can have fewer people in the parks, um, which I still think that they're less crowded than they were, even though they are crowded, they're less crowded than they were before the pandemic. But if Disney can only have so huh. many people in the parks, you know, just for comfort, it's going to have to make sure that they spend money, more money while they're in there, which is one of the right, reasons right. that Lightning Lane is now charged and Genie Plus and all that stuff, because they need to maximize for their shareholders. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, should we end on that on happy note or is there is there something? I don't know. What, is there anything anyone would like to say well, about uh, Disney? <laughs> That's all right. We, we don't have to push the listeners into into. You know, sometimes people just want to listen to a conversation. Uh, well, Jason, thank you. See, it's funny. You know, I, I, I do love it. You know, it's such a fascinating place. Um, I just want people to do and I hope the company, too, realizes, you know, what's so special about it. And, uh, and you know, as they, as they put more, more systems on, you know, that they expect people to plod through. It, I do. I feel I fear. This is what I fear about what's going on right now at Disney is that I, I keep hearing from family and friends who have re, who are huge Disney fans, people who live in Florida have gone for years and they go back and they've been back after the pandemic and they come out and they say, that wasn't so much fun. I really don't want to do that again. Uh, it's not the same. That's what I worry about. Oh. Although they're crowded right now, right. I'm worried about their the future because right now we're all heading back and getting in the parks and then finding out some people don't like it. What is going to happen in 10 years? Who is the future market going to be? It's so precious, this place. And, the, you know, the, how it was designed and what it makes people feel are so treasured. And I used to say, and still do, that if, you know, Disney were suddenly to go belly up, we might have to consider making them national parks because they're so important to us. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And uh, not that Disney's going to go belly up anytime soon. They're making, they nearly made a billion dollars in profit the last quarter. But it's, hmm. it, it, like, there's so much to appreciate that you, you'd want it to do better and better. Um, but, uh, it's got corporate leadership that doesn't isn't always in harmony with the original principles that people love, and I think it's finding its, yeah. its place. And I hope that the, the place uh, 
hope it survives this chapter and comes out in a, a place that's just as beloved as it was before it went into this chapter. And it comes less about the money and more about the feeling. Yeah, I hope so too. And, and I should say at this point, uh, Jason's book, uh, which is uh, Fromer's Easy Guide to Disney World, Orlando, and Universal. Uh, Disney World, Universal, and Orlando, I always get the uh, name wrong, is going to be on bookstore shelves in just uh, about two weeks. So if you are going to Disney World, you can get Jason's well-researched, very detailed, uh, loving advice about how to... I have... How to, I've literally been going there since 1971 when I was a baby. Wow. That's true. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Jason. And thanks to our listeners. Uh, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Watching cable.